Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. Today, I'm introducing you to a long-lost friend of mine by the name of Megan Holub. Megan acquired the nickname the Celebrity Massage Therapist from her clientele of A-listers, rock stars, and royalty, and she ran with it. She then went on to author a book called The Magic Touch, How to Make $100,000 Per Year as a Massage Therapist. And Megan was somebody who stepped up and just offered me guidance and assistance when I first entered the coaching and consulting world. And she is absolutely a blast to talk to. She's a brilliant person and she is just finishing up her next book, which sounds like it's going to be amazing. You're going to have to tune in to hear all the details. And she's doing this in the middle of running this massive company called the Love Institute. It's a couple's massage class. There are pop-ups all over the country. So she's moving She's running this crazy successful couples massage therapy business and she's finishing up her next book. So she is a gal who is just full of wellness and beauty biz inspiration. So stay tuned and enjoy the show today. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. Everybody and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete, and today I have a long lost friend joining us. Her name is Megan Holub. Hey, Megan, how are you? I'm great, Lori. Thanks for having me here today. I think you're one of the busiest girls I know, so I want to thank you for being here. Outside of you, I would say. <laughs> no, I don't know. And I want to take the time to tell everybody and to thank you for when I first started in the coaching biz, you actually kind of took me under your wing a little bit. And I remember I did my first webinar ever with you. That story is actually really sweet to me as well, because for me, it ended up being a karmic story. It ended up being kind of a law of attraction story because I felt super compelled to offer you assistance in any way that I could as someone who was putting out a book in a different industry that was very similar to mine. I knew some of you know the fears that were coming up potentially within you, you hadn't really voiced that. And I just felt like I needed to offer assistance with that and had no idea who you were or what was going on. And two years earlier, written down in an email to someone that I felt like it was probably time to be featured in, um, you know, Grammy gift bags, things like that had forgotten really about that, that that was something that I thought would be a good idea because I was a celebrity massage therapist at the time. But, you know, one of the things about that is that you have to keep, keep all of that very private. You can't talk about who your clients are. And so I thought, well, if I was in these gift bags and it would really legitimize that for my personal branding and after offering you assistance, and I don't think that you really even accepted much of it. You're super savvy. You didn't need much you ended up coming to me and said, just imagine that you could have anything that you want, that you really need something in business. What would it be? And you said, just blurt anything out. And I said, well, you know, recently I thought it would be a great idea to be in those gift gift bags for major events. And you said, done. (laughs) And you were the person that put those together. 
And, you know, I feel like my world is really built in that way. And I know that you and I have connected on this. We feel like if our gut calls us to do something for someone, to do it and really not have a lot of motive behind it. And you were one of those lessons that I get to share with other people about how it's not really about networking. It's not really, you know, necessarily networking in that traditional term. It's just about being of assistance when you feel guided to do it and you'll find those things that will come back to you. Oh, I am a firm believer that you need to give to get. And I have this, I'd like to call it kind of an exclusive masterminding group. It's people in the beauty biz world and they're in my private coaching program, mastermind program, it's called the E-Club. And one of our big topics this year was finding people to mentor and help because I believe that you get so much back. And not only that, I believe if we have made a little bit of a success in the wellness industry or the beauty industry, and we can share it, it raises the entire level of professionalism for all of us. And you know, you may think that I didn't need much help, but I was so scared when we did that first webinar and you made me feel so comfortable, you and Felicia. So I, I just wanted to say thank you. I don't know if I even ever expressed that to you before. So. Of course you did. Yeah, you ended up hooking me up with that situation and that ended up blossoming into so many other things. So I took that, ran with it, made it unique. And, and now I'm offered into those gift bags, you know, every year. So yeah, that was the biggest thanks. But just having you still in my life and reconnecting with you as we both grow in different ways and do different exciting things is, is just really, it's really fun to watch that progress. And I, I have to say that I agree with you. One of the things that is so fun for me is looking back at the people that I said, okay, yeah, let me take a couple of hours out of my extremely busy schedule at some times because I feel like you are going to be a success with just a few tools. And now seeing some of them surpass my own success, you know, and knowing that, that I got to be a part of that and that we all get to step in and be leaders in, in this industry and raise that level of professionalism is, I can't even describe the feeling that it gives me seeing, seeing them move forward like that. It's, it's it's one of my favorite things in life. I think it's something to be proud of because I think all too often we are not viewed as professional in this world and that gets under my skin. So, you know, when you can give that way, we do raise an entire level of professionalism. That's my belief. And I, I know we, we see eye to eye on that for sure. For sure. You know, I think it's really interesting. I think it's a learning curve. I think that the more that we represent ourselves in this way of professionalism, the more that people are going to start to see through that the majority of us, we're intelligent people who made a choice to give to the world in a way that we felt compelled by. And, you know, a lot of that is still hands-on work. And I'm a personal believer that having any kind of hands-on, you know, touch interaction with people can be tremendously healing. So I think that what we do does tend to be undervalued in some ways. And I think that that's coming to an end as touch becomes more and more something that people need. I want to ask you, I mean, this is a perfect way to segue into the next question I had for you. How did you become a massage therapist? I don't even know that story. (laughs) I have been a massage therapist for so long that I'm almost forgetting this story. (laughs) Um, When I was very very young, I found that I had what the other older 
counselors called a gift for working with children who had special needs. I volunteered time at Camp Easter Seal. And then I was in an auto accident and went on to be hired by the um, physical therapist that treated me and was the youngest physical therapist assistant in Washington State. And at the same time, like parties for me was just giving massage to people one after another, after another, after another. Um, and I loved every minute of it. And, um, they would be lined up out the door and bribing each other with all kinds of, you know, I'm sure things that were are illegal legal now, but were illegal then, you know, to try to get a different place in line. And it's, it's so funny. I actually reconnected with someone recently who looked at me with his big idealistic eyes. And he said, Oh, Megan, you're so good at this. I could see you doing this for celebrities one day. And we lived in a very small town that I didn't think I was ever going to get out of. So it's funny how some people will predict those things. I was always compelled towards it. And that's kind of the rest is history. I mean, I've been doing this since I was 20 years old. So over 20 years now. (laughs) One of my big missions with this show lately is to just give people permission to see the possibilities in this industry. So at what point did you... Did you figure out, okay, I can be writing articles, I can be writing books, I can use this license in so many different ways. Was there something that happened to trigger that? Or just one day you sat down and started writing? How did you expose yourself in such a professional way, in a way that's different than most people even know they have the opportunity available to them? So I think my story um, happened a little bit backwards to what people would expect. And I think it actually can expire a lot of people who are sort of in the writer's closet, like I was. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) When I was young, I was, you know, a straight A student and I was always winning awards for writing and I was the lead actress in the play. And, you know, all of these things just came really naturally to me. And I had a lot of really a lot of tragedy hit in my childhood, you know, our house burned down and just some really really awful things kind of happened one after another, after another. And I started hiding those gifts and somewhere along the way, by the time I was 18, you know, all those things that I knew I was naturally good at being, you know, being a designer, a writer, an actress, those dreams felt so far away for me as someone who, you know, I left home at 17 and, um, and was forging it on my own. And I had to make practical decisions and, To be frank, Lori, college money wasn't something that was easily accessible at that point. And I had an equal love of massage therapy. And it seemed like the one thing that I really could do and love. And so went to school for it within a year. And it gave me that platform. I actually struggled so much. I talk about this in The Magic Touch, how to make $100,000 per year as a massage therapist. Actually, that's how we connected because I was writing the six-figure esthetician system and it was very similar. So yeah, you can grab that on Amazon. As a matter of fact, Megan, I actually sent the link to my massage therapist at my spa last week so she could get a copy. Oh, awesome. (laughs) I hope it helps. But yes, I was completely broke for the first seven years, didn't know what I was doing, and then transformed that by making all kinds of decisions that were unique in the industry and more client-based than what we had been taught. I'd been given a lot of negative messages, I felt, from my education as a massage therapist. And I started listening to my clientele and what they wanted and giving them that more and more and sort of negating what I call like that negative programming that unfortunately massage school, I felt like had given me. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Like, what do you mean negative message? Were they basically telling you don't quit your day job? Like, what were the negative messages you were receiving? 
Oh gosh, there's so many of them. And it's funny now because people will sometimes read my book and say, oh, it's all the same thing we learned in school. And I'm like, well, you know, my book actually helped with that. There was so much negativity around, let's say, you know, working with um, clients who could afford my work. Yeah. Number one, oh, they don't need me. They don't need that. They don't need massage. Everybody needs massage. <laughs> Uh, you know, working within the hotel industry. Oh, you were going to get hit on. That was going to be awful. Actually, I got hit on more working in a chiropractic's office than I got working, you know, at five-star hotels. I finally was able to step in and have really solid boundaries and be treated with respect and, you know, meet mentors and meet people at the same level. So um, I think that those things can be attracted to you in any environment. And it's about the boundaries that you develop. Gosh, there were so many of them, but definitely a lot of anti-money beliefs, which is what made me, you know, after I started breaking out of that mold and, you know, having the bravery to step in and write and be, you know, the face of things. What was uh, your first writing gig? Was it for one of the magazines or did you just sit down and write your book? You no, know, I sat down and wrote my book, Lori. And it's so funny because um, people were very divided on that title, right? They were either, yes. oh, God, it's impossible to make a hundred grand as a massage therapist. How dare you? And then of course my clients were like, well, that's not going to sell very many copies because that's a really easy equation. It's only like 20 massages a week at a hundred dollars a pop. Right. And I was like, oh, can you write my book? <laughs> yeah. I got the same kind of flack. People are like, well, she must be in this for the money if this is the title of her book. And I just wanted people to see the possibility of it. So it felt a little weird at first when I was doing something, sharing my trade secrets and then getting flack for it. And then you have to prove yourself, right? When you start writing. Now I feel like it's more accepted and I see the changes that are happening in my clients' lives. So I own it now. <laughs> At first it was scary to me. I don't know if you felt the same way when you gave your book that title. I moved into the title pretty boldly. Uh, I knew the response it was going to get and I thought I was prepared for it. It was kind of the backlash later of all of the strange things that came with that. There were definitely a lot of very angry people <laughs> that just, you know, the rumors, bizarre things that people will say when I think, you know, something is causing fear in them or showing that, that they maybe have blocks or that they're not reaching their own potential of what they really want. And I've learned through that process that about 99.9% .9 of the time when people step out and say fiercely negative and provably untrue things about someone who has put something out, who's created something for the world and, and trying to give to it, they're usually holding a mirror up to themselves. They're exposing themselves for their own misdeeds or their own shortcomings or what they believe to be those. So embarrassingly enough, that was a very difficult process for me to work through and to figure out for a couple of years because like you, I was naive on the level that I thought, well, if I just want to share this story and give to people and they'll appreciate that at least, right? No, nope, doesn't always work that way. Doesn't. I remember, and I don't know if you've read Brene Brown's book on vulnerability, but she talks right away in the very beginning about when you want to do something that exposes who you are, get ready to step into the ring. Yeah. And that whole little paragraph or whatever it was where she talked about that, Oh my God, it changed everything for me. I felt so much better going, oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> Whenever you put yourself out there, you're going to get a little bit of this back. That's so beautiful that someone would say that. And I feel like it's so necessary for us to share that with each other because for me, 
and I think that you can probably resonate with this on a certain level that we haven't talked about it directly. Honesty is the most important thing in the world for me. And I feel like this, this life that we're living is about getting as, as close as we can back to who we were when we were very small and pure. And it almost seems at times like every test that you could be given along the way is going to come up in order to put blocks up. But I think speaking our ultimate truth allows for other people to feel less alone. And it's the compassionate thing to do. And yet it still surprises me that that would unfortunately also teach you how to put your boxing gloves on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what, though? I, I totally get what you're saying, because I think my strongest core value would be integrity. Like, that's how I want to do things. That's who I want to be known for. That's how I try to operate on a daily basis. But every now and then, you have to put on your boxing gloves and your business bravery cap as well. It's finding that balance and still being in a place of something that's so important to you. True. Yeah. Integrity is everything. I think it's easy for us to say, I'm a person of integrity. But the truth of the matter is, is integrity is something that we strive for every single day. You know, we always have to to strive to keep our word, to do as we say we'll do. And things will get in the way of that. Yeah. That being late to an appointment or something. But, you know, just stepping up, honoring that in others and, and not making excuses is, I think it's a really important part of being a business owner, but also just as being a woman, being a strong woman leader in the world. I think we have to always know that what we've said is what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. And try to stay in line with that for sure. Yeah. I want to ask you, because I know we talked briefly before we started the show today, um, that you said you're not actually a practicing massage therapist right now, but I have a few questions and then I want to lead into that. First question is, tell me what your favorite job was as a massage therapist. Oh, I have. Uh, I mean, I absolutely adore what I'm doing right now, but I guess I mean, I'm still a licensed massage therapist, but it's not really fair to say what I'm doing right now. So my company right now, the Love Institute, teaches couples massage classes. And while I am kind of behind the scenes doing all of that, and let me tell you, constantly missing having my hands on people because I loved that connection that I made with people. It was so powerful. I do get to step in and sometimes, you know, train some of the instructors. So I get to work with all the couples in class. More often, I'm coming in and doing demonstrations on television or, you know, media of some kind. And I absolutely love that. It suits my personality really well. But, you know, if I can be honest, I still have such sweet feelings and reminiscence about being a sole provider therapist. And I contracted out to other people as well. But really, I was always right there with the clients and just working with a wide variety of people all at once. So I was working with auto accident patients and treating them at home while I simultaneously was like jumping and running for VIPs and, you know, celebrities and politicians and royalty. And was most of your career, you know, when you were in the massage mode, was that in home? Were you traveling around? It was a combination of both. I would say that the majority of it was like, uh, it was travel massage. Okay. So I was kind of like, I was on the list of all of the top end hotels and it got to the point where humbly, but truthfully, the VIPs didn't want to see anyone else. And so they learned that it was better just to send me in 
or, you know, they learned that I was the favorite and I was trusted. And so more and more that just built and built and built and word got out into all of the different, essentially high level concierge. Is that how you got your celebrity clientele mostly was through high-end hotels and just kind of networking with the concierge and yeah, but at the end of the day, it was funny because I didn't, I wasn't a great networker, Lori. I know this probably doesn't surprise you. <laughs> no, I think you'd be a great networker. Uh, I think, you know, again, it just comes naturally for me. So someone opened the door and then to be frank with you, it's the clients that lead where you end up. Yeah. You know, I saw all kinds of people schmoozing the concierge all they wanted, but it took the door being opened by one concierge and then the, you know, the clientele saying, we don't want someone else. We literally won't get a massage this time. We want her for, you know, for it to kind of snowball into what it did. So I feel like there's a missing link to the story. So let me ask you a quick question. You said you were in a really small town and somebody said you should be doing this for celebrities. What town did you, where did you end up where you got the type of access to be put in front of these people? So the small town was Marysville, Washington. And I ended up going down migrating to Seattle. And um, so a lot of people assume that my celebrity clientele came from LA where I ended up later. But the truth of the matter is I had every, I worked with every celebrity client that came through Seattle, which, you know, it was, I think probably a much better career than if I'd been in LA with 50 other celebrity massage therapists. (laughs) I want to ask you a question because I'm curious and I know my listeners are going to be as well. Did you charge differently when you started getting that type of clientele? No. So your rates are pretty much dictated by the hotels, which I think most people don't understand. So because it was travel massage, you know, back at that time, the rates typically varied between like 125 to 150 an hour. They would be up now more. Four Seasons might now be somewhere between 175 and 225 an hour. And you walk in and you have a discussion with the concierge and you humbly allow for them to dictate your rates and then you work it out with them. And what about the spas they have in-house? They don't think it's a conflict of interest for somebody else to be doing the in-room treatments? You know, it's all going to depend on the unique situation within each hotel. And I think that's where doing your initial research about what the structure is in the hotel when you do your approach is going to help. So W Hotel that I was working with didn't have a spa bliss at the time. So that was really beneficial. Four Seasons was actually renting out space to another salon or spa. And so they considered themselves a different area. And, you know, the VIPs that came through really didn't want to be exposed in the spa. They didn't want to deal with the public. They wanted someone to come up into their room. And so they would call directly down to the hotel and the hotel would handle it. And there were a couple of discussions between the hotel and the spa multiple times. But ultimately, it's something that they figured out in the lease. I think understanding when I first walked into this position at Four Seasons, he said, here's the roster. There's not a lot of business coming through here. You don't expect much. And I looked at him and said, oh, that'll change. And he <laughs> looked at me like, you're strange. <laughs> but, you know, the next thing you know, the schedule was exploding because I think the reason it was empty was because the people who wanted to come through there didn't hadn't found that there was a therapist that they were really connecting with on their level. And a lot of the therapists who'd been there for a long time didn't want to go in room. So there was actually a niche that was missing. The next thing you knew, that schedule had exploded because each one of them were getting a massage every single time they were there and they were sending, you know, their loved ones and all of that. So even sometimes it can look like there isn't an opportunity. And I think if you keep just saying, 
oh, I understand what's already here. I understand it works beautifully for you. No way I would ever want to step on these toes. How about, and then look for the alternative. There's always an alternative there somewhere. If there's already a massage therapist, you know, present, then the answer is already yes. It's just finding the, the proper question to ask for them to say yes, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense because I tend to be a bit tenacious and try to, I try to do that in a gracious way. But you know what? Hey, if your massage therapist doesn't feel well or whatever, there's your in. Here's I'm your backup. Call me. I'm really flexible. You know, there is always a way. I totally agree with you when you want to make something happen. Totally. I think, again, though, it's going to come down to integrity. So that's the thing about you and I, Lori, is that if we say we're going to do something, we do it. If we tell people, you know, I'm in, I'm your girl, you know, as soon as someone's sick. And that's how I always got a lot of my ends when they're unavailable, when they're sick, when they're on vacation. You know, the minute that phone rings, you better realize you're going to jump and run to that appointment. And you're not going to say no to an appointment until you have that solid position with them and are able to do that. I think that's one of the biggest, I would say, mistakes that people make is they overpromise and underdeliver. And if you want to work in the world of VIPs, you better overpromise and then overdeliver over that. I agree. Totally agree. I can't wait because I think that Maybe the last time we talked, you were still massaging, and I want to hear what you're doing now. I want to hear all about the Love Institute. So I guess we could start with, tell me where this started. Like, did you just have an idea? Was an opportunity presented to you? No, this is my own little baby. I have to say, again, it was about listening to my clients. So I feel so much of of business, any business being successful is the psychology of it. And I'm learning that more and more every day that passes. And my clients would get on my table. And after developing a close relationship, they would reveal a lot of stories and about wishing that they can connect with their partner on a a deeper level. And always there would be jokes like in couples side by side massage, they would say, you know, we moved to Texas with us. And, you know, I wish you could massage me like this, honey. And there were very sweet clients that would say, can you teach me how to massage my wife like this? This came up a lot. You know, often it was like in a little joke or things like this, but I, I always felt like it was revealing a deeper vulnerability. And so, um, through a twist of fate, again, uh, someone contacted me and, um, was going to do the Howcast videos. And Howcast wanted someone to teach on film how to give the general population a deep tissue massage, which I'm going to be quite frank with you. I think that's very dangerous. I knew if I didn't do it, someone else was going to do it. And so I said, I'll do it. And I sat down and, and quickly came up with what I could, what I felt was the safest way to give a deep tissue massage, working around the bones of the body, going deeper into the tissue of the body that I knew wouldn't hurt someone out in the general population, but would also be effective. After that filming, it was like 50 videos that we filmed. I realized that I had an entire sequence for the classes that I'd already thought in the back of my head would be successful. And so I ended up, you know, putting them together in Los Angeles. As much as I would never use daily deals for actual massage therapy services, I'd be very, very careful with that. Uh, I tested those out. Uh, the classes out through, I think it was Living Social. They took a risk on me. I was a huge risk. And it was very successful in LA. And in 2013, I expanded it across the West Coast. And now sky's the limit. 
So do you have actual facilities that you now have a a long-term lease on or are these something you do in a pop-up kind of way? It's pretty much pop-up and I have to tell you, I like that flexibility. So the great thing about it is, you know, if someone comes to me and says, um, can I partner with this? We can test it out in their market. And I have a pretty good gut intuition doing the research on what markets are going to work and what aren't, but it's very low liability that way. Um, you know, we can test something and tear it down and it'll be okay. So it's market research. It's always throwing something against a wall and seeing what sticks and improving it. I think to me, that's success, right? Figuring it out. It was, I mean, it's a lot of going through the fine details. So again, you're listening to your clients. So I think for the first couple of years, it was figuring out what did they really want? The classes were so successful, but there was a lot of other things I had to figure out. You know, why we were getting left so many five-star reviews from everyone who attended class and one-star reviews from people that no-showed us or (laughs) whatever. So I think with every business, there's, you know, there's different learning curves and you just have to figure it out. But that's been the exciting part. Well, I can tell you why, probably just by guessing five-star people were showing up and enjoying the experience. The no-showers were mad that you actually invoiced them and charged them for no-showing you. Yeah. Well, you do everything that you can to protect them and you explain to them that California state law doesn't allow you to redeem vouchers towards towards their uh, no-show lawfully and they can still use it. But yeah, they're upset with you, but you know, laws prohibit you from certain things and you have to follow the law. So tell me, these classes, you say you just make an announcement, I'm going to be hosting this in this area. Are couples shy when they sign up for this? And how long is it? So they're two-hour classes. They're packed. They've been packed full for more years than I can even tell you, Lori. So love it. Yeah. So it's nice because it is a somewhat passive venture for me. I get to give wonderful massage therapists a kind of a break from the repetitive hands-on work, and they get to go and and really be able to predict what their income is going to be for that weekend, which is nice for them. It's two hours. There's different choices in classes. It's It's been really, really wonderful and really successful. Where I want to take it is online because we get a lot of requests from people in Japan or France or Texas where we're not yet. How do you hire a massage therapist? Like if somebody's listening and they go, oh, I'd love to be a contractor, independent contractor, or however it is you hire for Megan. Is that something that is an ongoing hiring process? Oh, absolutely. If we don't have a spot for you, which I have to say, we don't have a really high turnover, but um, don't be disappointed because when we do have a turnover, it seems like it's seasonal and everybody's ready to move on into their next career or something. How do they find this website where they can check out what you're doing? www.thelove.institute.com. And you can always send your resume into askcupid at theloveinstitute.com. I love it. Yeah, that actually helped a lot. You know, it's little things like that that help. Customers became a lot less angry once they had to email Cupid. (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah, being creative that way. And the words we use are so powerful. Huge, huge, yes. Like overnight, we had probably 20% of the upset customer emails when we changed our literature on our site to really say, we appreciate you. We're all about love. We want to hear from you. Please send us a note. We'll do whatever it takes and and have them email Cupid. I think it was a subtle psychological move that <laughs> it works. It works. How cool. Something I have to say, catching us up to the current day and time, I admire how you move around all the time. I am a creature of habit. You will find me in the same place. You're moving now from the West Coast to the East Coast, like your mid-move, right? 
Yeah, I am. Yeah, I just cleared through everything in my home and realized that I wasn't a minimalist anymore. And now I want to be again. (laughs) You're going to have to be if you're moving into the big city. (laughs) Space is limited there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I I got my my dream layout. And for me, it's really nice because I again, I get to set things up and experience these wonderful neighborhoods and areas where I can build out businesses. So it's a matter of focusing on New York right now. And Lori, I don't know if you even know, but I'm about three quarters of the way through a book called Touch Types about the five languages of touch. Being in New York around all of those publishers, I think, is a very smart move. Well, I also have some contacts for you in that world as well. So we'll talk after the show. Yeah, I'm very, very excited for where this is headed. I've had friends who are very, you know, not excited about relationship books and things say, my God, you've come up with, you know, the third triangle of, of relationship psychology. There's such a crazy cool psychology behind the way that people respond to and or need touch. And it's so very different from one another. And what I realized by observing my classes was that oftentimes the opposites will get together and that will happen throughout their lives and they'll make it mean something is wrong with them when they're actually all completely, totally and utterly perfect as they are. They just didn't know that they all speak different touch languages. So how many books have you written now? You know, to be fair, I wrote the first one, which I have to say that's the hardest, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know because I stopped after the first. It was so hard. So you can share your experience with me. I don't know. Well, then I just ended up um, putting two sequels out where I let other people each write a chapter. So while I publish those, I can't say that I actually, you know, that's not writing a full book. So um, this is actually, I would say that this is probably the most monumental feet that I've put together. And um, I'm very, very excited about it. As a wellness practitioner myself, you know, I touch people all day long in my treatment room. It sounds like something I should read. Is it for the practitioner as well to understand how people respond to specific types of touch? Genius. It'll be genius for anyone to read this. And what I started figuring out, you know, a lot of this again, hooked together after years of my clients revealing things to me. So I had a lot of very powerful clients who maintained a lot of control in their outside world who would over time reveal that they absolutely adored and were obsessed with their partners, but that their partners didn't need touch in the same way that they did. And so they had started utilizing massage as a way to sort of fill their depleted touch banks. You know, that's how I first started entering into this. And, and then the classes, again, watching the interactions between different people, I became really fascinated with the five languages of love. And we feature those in our class so that everybody's getting what they want. Because I noticed very, very early on, there was a certain touch type that was bringing their partners to these classes and their partners really just kind of came along for the ride, but weren't really loving it. Unless I inserted in the classes, things like words of praise, verbally focused on the acts of service being provided and made it more of a group event where everyone felt loved and comfortable. So that started leading me into understanding there were different touch languages. I love that. And I do think that every single person listening to this show should read that book, The Five Languages of Love, because that was such a mind-opening awareness for me because it's not just in relationships. In your love life, I think it's every relationship can grow and learn from those languages Oh, absolutely. And understanding your own language, being able to look back and understand where my relationships didn't go well, because 
for God's sakes, Lori, I was dating men who wanted quality time and touch. And at that time, I was jumping and running for the world's sexiest men on, you know, on People Magazine to give them massage, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they would say, I, I know you, you're loyal, you're a trustworthy person. That's not it. I just, I want you here with me. And they couldn't express what it was. And, you know, by the other flip side of it, me being words of praise and acts of service, I just wanted these brilliant men to hang shelves for me all day and didn't yet understand that I needed words of praise. And so, yeah, looking back, my goodness. I'm an acts of service girl. Like you take the trash out for me and I love you. Right? Yes. (laughs) And I never knew that about myself either until I read the book. And we're probably going to leave everyone hanging. Who is the author of that book? Now I can't even remember. Gary Chapman. Okay. The Five Languages of Love by Gary Chapman. If anyone listening in wants to find that, it's probably very easily accessible on Amazon. But I think everyone should read it. Absolutely. You know, I even if you don't read it, just take the quiz online with your partner. My gosh, take have your children take the quiz. You know, there are people that um, have these kinds of quizzes taken uh, before they hire you and kind of on the sly because at the end of the day, this represents who you are in the world. Now, taking that another step further... I actually found men had no interest in wanting to take this quiz unless they really, really loved their partner and were just that kind of guy. And I started realizing again that this book, it's incredible, but it didn't explain to me the rift between the people who needed touch and the ones that didn't. And I found that there was a whole other grouping of languages missing beyond that. And what's amazing is that I love this. Men, I literally, Laurie, was like in LA recently hanging out with this business mogul. He wants to be the cool guy and he wants to impress like the NFL player slash business mogul. And still he's so excited about this concept that he's like, the first thing he says is, oh my God, you have to talk to her about this book about touch. You have to. He's like, I need this book. You got to sit down and talk to her. And the thing is, is men are so excited to buy this quote unquote relationship book. And I'll be referencing the five languages through it the entire time. And I'm hoping that it will get men to then just be completely open to taking the love languages quiz, because I feel like the combination of both is literally going to transform not only relationships, but individual lives. I love that you tapped into this because I was having a conversation with a really good friend this weekend and we were laughing because she loves her husband and she can't stand him touching her at night. She puts a pillow between them. And he takes it so personally, but we do have different needs in that area. So she's most likely what I've coined a controller touch type. And there would be another secondary touch type infused in that, but the controller, um, on its, on its purest level, needs to be able to choose when they are touched. And they can do that subconsciously, but it has to be an internal choice. Oftentimes, the controller pragmatist, the pragmatist is the touch type that there has to be some benefit for the touch. They have to know that there's a benefit there for them, and they're not particularly touch-inclined. Oftentimes, those two types will be together in one person, And they will combine with a partner who is what I call the hedonist, submissive touch type. And they are just touch love bugs. They need all kinds of touch. And in fact, the hedonist types need touch all day long, every day to feel just human. It's what gives them energy. And 
it's a mindset that is completely opposite for the two of them. So the hedonist starts to feel like they're starving or they're dying of thirst when they're not getting this touch. And initially, the controller pragmatist, to get in the relationship, may choose to be actively engaged in touch and then later think, this doesn't really feel right for me because as the hedonist keeps coming at them for touch, they can no longer, it's like their bank is now depleted of being able to say yes. And so they start to feel cornered. Suffocated, I imagine. To feel suffocated. All of these beliefs about the relationship start to come up that are actually not really present. Oh my God, this is brilliant. What, when is the book coming out? I'm in the middle of a move and repairing from an injury, but I'm obsessed with this. I know that I will be putting this out this year. I have a whole series of books that I'll put out afterwards for dating and relationships, you know, touch types for men, touch types for women. So once I put this out, you can imagine that my life is going to be a whirlwind. Well, let me just get a commitment from you right now. When you put it out, I'd like to have you back on the show. <laughs> I think it's so important for our industry, both, you know, massage and anyone that's in the beauty world or the wellness world to understand these things. Oh, you know, taking it to the next level, I've started to figure out because I'm interviewing a lot of different people. I'd love to interview you on this, Lori, because I know you would be open and honest and it's, um, it's fascinating to learn about all the different touch types and how they interrelate with their partners, but I've started to put two and two together and realize that people in our industry usually fall within two touch types. They're either usually the hedonist submissive, which means that when they're engaged with a client, they're actually receiving something off of that touch or they're controller sensualists like myself, which, you know, they choose to be actively engaged in touch. It's something that, that they're giving and they don't necessarily, they don't receive anything back from that other than, you know, the benefit of seeing the transformation in the client. I have not run across really too many other touch types within industries where we touch people. So that's really fascinating because you get to sit back and kind of analyze your approach on how you're working with people and what you're giving to them and what your strengths are and learn where your boundaries can be weak or where your boundaries can be too rigid. You can pick my brain anytime. So we can, we can talk about that after the show today as well. Yeah, I would love it. It would be really great to get your input. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It was so funny. I saw on your Facebook page, oh my gosh, my arm is hurt. I need to find productive things to do. And I'm like, bingo, <laughs> I'm going to get her on the show. <laughs> Now's my opportunity to get my in. Thank God, because I have no buttons left to sew and no furniture left to scotch guard. I'm sitting here like, thank you. Bless you, Lori. <laughs> Well, tell our listeners how they can find you and your book before we say goodbye today. Well, I will definitely end up putting the book when it's available on www.lumination, L-U-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.media. Um, it'll be on my Facebook page, which you can always come and find me on my Facebook page. And, you know, I imagine that it will be up on touchtypes.com, similar site. I haven't decided which one I'll, I'll put it up on, but I'll be back on your show and I'll make sure everybody has that information. But for now, if they want a, your six-figure massage book, because I do have a lot of massage therapists that listen in. Amazon, Barnes & Noble's online. I think all the major online booksellers, you can purchase it. So that would be the best place to get that. And the exact name of the title, just so they know what to Google. The Magic Touch how to make $100,000 per year as a massage therapist. And it's, it's really, you know, it's about my story. Hopefully that will inspire you. But I do also put in there active 
techniques that I've seen work time and time again to actually create that level of abundance. And I've coached, you know, at least, I mean, at least half a dozen people have come to me and within just a couple of coaching sessions transformed and gone from, I can't feed myself and my kids properly to six figure careers. So it is definitely possible. So please don't listen to the naysayers that say it isn't. Listen to the people who've done it. That's good advice. Okay. I know you're busy. So I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you so much for being here today. It was lovely catching up with you. And I can't wait to have you back on after your next crazy, brilliant accomplishment. You're always doing something way out of the box. And I love it. Uh, It's my personality type. That's another thing I highly recommend people do is look into their Myers-Briggs personality type and just embrace that that's who you are. Lori, thank you so much for doing this. It's so sweet for you to have me on here. And you definitely have to come and get a martini with me on the Upper East Side, okay? That sounds amazing. Amazing. I want good food while I'm there too. Can we go out for like a killer dinner? Absolutely. Perfect. Where I'm staying, you'll wake up to views of Central Park, so... (laughs) All right. I'm in. Finally, we're going to meet. I feel like I've been friends with you forever and we've never actually seen each other. So this sounds perfect. It makes sense that we would meet in New York. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. So sex in the city, right? Exactly. Thank you, Megan. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, six simple strategies to generate a dramatic increase in your beauty biz income and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www.lauricrete.com. Or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in Los Angeles, please visit www.thespa10.com. Thanks again for tuning into the Beauty Biz Show.